Connecticut towns struggle to fill specialized jobs. Towns exist to provide a, a number of services, including building, sanitation, planning, and the people who do the, you know, perform these services, well, there just aren't enough of them. Fixes in the works to help the public sector recruit and keep skilled workers. This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. Tom Condon writes about urban and regional issues for the Connecticut Mirror. His article is about Connecticut towns desperate to fill technical jobs scramble for workers. I'm Ebong Udama from WSHU Public Radio. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. More to come after this. Hi, I'm Bruce Putterman, publisher of the Connecticut Mirror. Our public policy reporting strengthens democracy in two ways. It informs the public about its state government, and it acts as a watchdog to hold that government accountable. For 12 years now, members like you have participated in the work of the Connecticut Mirror through financial support. If you're already a Connecticut Mirror member, thank you. If you haven't yet joined in the work of the Connecticut Mirror, I encourage you to do so. Please go to ctmirror.org and click the red Donate button today. Thank you. Hello, Tom. You say that without enough building officials and other specialists, Connecticut towns are struggling to find qualified workers, but their fix is in the works. Could you describe exactly what the problems are? Of course. The problems are this. Towns exist to provide a, a number of services, including building, sanitation, planning, and the people who do the, you know, perform these services, well, there just aren't enough of them. They're not enough building officials, sometimes called building inspectors, they're not enough zoning enforcement officers, wetlands enforcement officers, planners. There's a whole array of shortages, economic development specialists. So there aren't enough of them. So what happens is they start poaching from each other. I noted that last year, uh, the town of Vernon had the planner and a zoner poached by other towns. So they went back and improved their salary and benefit structure and lured them both back. Uh, <laughs> But this goes on all the time because there just aren't enough people. So, you know, one town will grab somebody from another town and they'll grab somebody from another. You know, it's just it's a, it's kind of a bureaucratic shell game. During the pandemic, we had much fewer workers and we lost quite a bit of municipal workers, state workers. And the public sector has had a hard time recovering, a much harder time, it seems, than the private sector. Is that what we're seeing here? Is that what's responsible well, for this? Well, that's one factor. There's no question that that is one factor. There have been retirements. You know, I mean, the pandemic, everything slowed down. That's one factor. There was the, the fact that the workforce was aging. This is particularly true on the state level. So there were a lot of retirements. But mainly, uh, mainly, they're just not drawing enough people into these fields. I think there might be two reasons for that. One, I think people kind of assume that government will always be there, it'll always take care of itself, and we don't have to worry about it. Well, that turns out not to be true. The, the other one is municipalities especially haven't marketed themselves very well. I mean, these are good jobs, and they're jobs where you can make a difference in your community, you know, where you can make sure that, you know, that food isn't tainted or buildings don't fall down or, you know, these are they're important jobs. Somebody observed that they're not really regulators, they're problem solvers. 
but they're good jobs. They're well-paid. They have good benefits. I mean, they're mostly well-paid. Some of the small towns, not as much, but they're mostly well-paid, very good benefits. And, you know, it's, again, a chance to make a difference, but they, they, they haven't gotten this message out. Now, the state, on the other hand, they had a lot of retirements. They changed the pension formula in 2022. A lot of people wanted to get out before that changed. And a lot, there were a lot of older workers, you know, whose retirement time had come. But the state went aggressively television advertising. You may have seen these ads, you know, for healthcare workers come to work for the state of Connecticut. Well, those are very effective. Job fairs, they, they really go at it full tilt, but most towns don't have the resources to do that. I mean, most towns can't afford television advertising. So, you know, they rely on internet websites and the like, but that doesn't necessarily reach people who aren't already in the field. So that's been the challenge for towns. But you did mention the fact that towns do have good benefits, and that traditionally had been the draw to a lot of these jobs. Are they improving their benefits? What are uh, increasing salaries? What are they doing to try and? Uh, 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 both of the above. You're starting to see towns such as Vernon start to re-examine their salary and benefit structure. One of the things Vernon did, and a number of other towns have done this, has gone to the four-day work week. And this is very attractive, and, and uh, residents don't seem to mind it. It seems to work for everyone. So, you know, that that is, I mean, they have, uh, they have increased salaries. The, city of Norwich recently hired a building inspector, and I read the, the online ad for it, and the salary offered was 120 to 130,000. You know, you can, um, you can support a family on that. You know? Look, some towns don't pay that well, obviously, but it is when there's a shortage, sometimes the salaries do go up. But that's what towns are doing, you know, salary benefits. Also, you mentioned here, they're trying to invest in their workers, actually taking people with limited experience and offering them training as they take the jobs. Yeah, and you asked earlier, you know, what, what are the fixes that are coming in? Well, you just, <laughs> you answered your own question. There is a movement afoot to bring in people as the private sector does with little experience and then train them. Now, there are two ways to do this. They aren't mutually exclusive. One is through college courses, and the other is as an apprentice. In other words, you become an apprentice building official. The benefit to that of the apprentices is that you get paid while you learn. So then there can be some kind of hybrid where you take, you know, two years of college and then become an apprentice. And then, you know, as you pass the various exams, become a, you know, a career uh, building official. But I mean, right now, the, the state puts a high, uh, the state towns also put a high of value on experience. So become a building official under state law now, you need a full building official. You need five years of experience in the construction business. So what you see is a lot of building officials used to be contractors. They know which is fine, which is reasonable, but this isn't a steady pipeline into the business, especially when construction's going good. So the idea of having a kind of a fixed pipeline that can bring people in Make no mistake, this is a highly technical area. You've got to know what you're doing. Uh, you know, train them, um, either, you know, either hybrid college or full apprenticeship, whatever, whatever works, you know, and, and just increase the number of people in the fields. This is also true for assessors, for zoning officials, wetlands officials, the whole planners, economic development agents, the whole panoply of urban services. And you say the unions are actively involved in this? The municipal unions are actively involved in this? Oh, absolutely. They are indeed. Unions are at the table. You see AFSCME, which is the largest municipal employer union, they are uh, 
they are engaged in this. You can't have a union if you don't have workers. So uh, pretty much everybody's at the table. UConn, some of the colleges, Connecticut Conference of Municipalities represents most of the towns in the state. Capital Region Council of Governments, very active in this. So there are a lot of players here. Capital Area Workforce Development Board, which is a nonprofit. You know, a lot of people in the boat, and they all seem to be rowing in the same direction. Basically, what we have here, there is a problem, but there's some fixes in the works, and uh, so uh, we might be able to solve this. I hope so, and I think so, because they're very, um, State Department of Administrative Services, Commissioner Michelle Gilman is very active in this, very passionate about it, wants to get an apprenticeship or hybrid apprenticeship program set up so that towns can use it. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. They hope to have a pilot program ready in 2024. So uh, we, we will uh, keep an eye on that. Long Story Short is hosted by me, Ebong Udana, and produced by Molly Ingram. Harriet Jones is our editor. WSHU's Alicia Dodario and the Connecticut Mirror's Gabby D. Benedictus are our digital team. This podcast is a collaboration between the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. We go behind the scenes at the home of public policy journalism in Connecticut. More can be found online at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Our episodes can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.